Hello and welcome to episode one of the Gravity Digital Marketing Agency Power Up podcast. My name is Bob Gentle and I'll be your host as each week I'm joined by small digital agency owners and solo practitioners of all different flavours just like you. And you heard it right when I said episode one. I'm a brand new podcaster so expect some bumps in the road and be gentle with me. If you have feedback or suggestions then I'd love to hear them so just get in touch. If you enjoy the podcast, then please take a moment to review it on iTunes in particular, as it really helps boost the visibility of the podcast and helps me out a lot. This week I'm joined by Ian Anderson-Brown. Ian's a great example of specialisation and how successful you can become when you narrow your focus to the things you're really good at. So welcome to the podcast and let's get into episode one. Really pleased to welcome Ian Anderson Gray to the podcast. Uh, Ian, do you want to maybe just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business? Of course, thanks, Bob. Yeah, so I'm based in Manchester in the UK. I've, although I've moved around, my parents are uh, originally from Glasgow, and I help these days. I help entrepreneurs level up their impacts and authority by using live video confidently. Um, but I've got a number of other things that I do. I I'm got a social media agency and blog called Seriously Social. And I also have a, a web agency called Select Performers. And we we help uh, business owners with their hosting and, and all the technical side of their website so that they can focus on getting on with their business and not worrying about any of the technical side of things. So that's what I do. I think one of the particularly interesting things with your business is the live video element. Um, it's something I can't quite get my head around. And I'm, I'm really quite excited to speak about that because it's something that I think whenever I hear people talking about what's coming next, the big thing in digital marketing, the answer is always live video. I was at an event and somebody asked the question, what's the next big thing in digital marketing? And the answer was courage. And I really think the two go hand in hand. (laughs) Are you finding there are particular businesses that can do exceptionally well with live video and maybe those that don't do so well? I think most businesses can do incredibly well with live video. There are very few types of businesses that I can, in fact, I can't really think of any. I mean, there might be some, but it's interesting. Yeah, the the, the whole courage thing. I mean, it it comes down to whether you feel that live video is actually going to be a really useful for for, for your business right now, whether it's going to move your your business forward, whether it's going to allow you to reach your audience in a new and powerful way. Uh, Because yes, it, it, Live video is scary. It's getting in front of the camera. Uh, because it's live, there is no rewind yeah. button. There is no, you know, re-record button. So, so, but, but in a, it, the, the flip side to that is that's also the big advantage with it because I think so many of our audience are actually getting fed up with the, the kind of always the slick and the polished marketing message. We actually, as humans, have always wanted to interact with humans on a one-to-one level, on a on a very human level. And so that's what live video can often do. It's more authentic. It allows us to be a bit more transparent. And it also allows our audience more of an intimate access to ourselves. They can ask us questions. Um, and from a personal branding point of view, I mean, I, I 
I'm a one man band. I mean, I do have people, uh, who, uh, who I, like I've got a virtual assistant, I've got other people in my team, but it's mainly me. My business is me and my name. And so it's really important for me to put my message out there, but it's also to put me out there and to give access to myself to people. But that doesn't mean it's easy. I mean, I've, I've struggled with live video, you know, since I started, it's, it's a scary thing. And, and, uh, but there are ways that you can help and, and improve things over time. Uh, but I do think it's a, a really amazing technology that we should at least consider as business owners. Yeah. I've done no live video at all, but I've heard reports and I've, I know people that have done it and they've been astounded by the results they get. Mm. Uh, I've done little bits of recorded video and even that has led to incredible results. One of the things I often worry about, and I think a lot of people probably worry about this, is people might not like me. And <laughs> I'm reminded of a, a phrase, I think it comes from radio or TV or something like that, is that you need to find your audience. How do you find, what are the sort of mental blocks that you find people coming up against when they look at live video? And how do you help them over that? Oh my goodness. It's so many things. I, I really resonate with what you said there. You know, we, you know, um, people may not like us and this is one of the things I really suffer with. I suffer from it because I want people to like me, but at the end of the day, you know, I can't be liked by everyone. There's going to be some people that will not like me. And I've had that sometimes this has been some people that have just been really nasty, um, with my content because they, they just, don't get on with me and my brand, but they are not my customer. They are yeah. not my audience. And so actually, as difficult as this is, if there are some people out there that are negative about what you're doing, then it actually might mean that you're onto something, that you're actually starting to, if you're starting to annoy some people, but you're starting to bring joy to, to other parts of your audience, then you're probably starting to find your audience. When it comes to getting over the, the nerves, the, you know, getting over the fear of live video. I think you need to, in some ways, start slowly, but in other ways, start quickly. And I'll explain what I mean by that. It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, I've, I've recently realized that I really need to get fit. The problem I find is not going to the gym and doing the exercise. Once I'm there, that's fine. I'm there, but it's actually getting out of the door that's the problem. And I think it's with live video you know, you can procrastinate about it. You can think about all the stuff that you need that from a technical point of view, you may start to worry about all whether people like you or not, but actually you just need to get started. And there are a number of ways you can, uh, that can help you with this. For the, one, one example is for example, try Instagram stories to get used to putting yourself in front of the camera. They're only 15 seconds. And they only last for 24 hours. That's a really good way to, to play around with it. The second thing is just to go live on Facebook uh, to yourself. So no one else is going to watch this. But if you go to your Facebook profile, you can change the privacy settings to only me and just try it out, see how you get on. And then the and then the final, the final thing is then join with other business owners who want to go live as well and join in like a Facebook group or, or find another group that are doing this and, and create your own live video challenge. And this doesn't need to be big, but maybe just do it for, for five days or seven days or a little bit more and say, commit to each other that you're going to go live every single day that week. Uh, and because it's all about practice, it's all about doing it. And 
what you need to then do, and this is the this is the difficult bit, is to then watch back your live videos. Uh, and that's because most of us don't like the way we, uh, the sound and the way we look sometimes, but, uh, watch back. And then I want to, you to write down three things that you did really well. You must do that first, the three positive things that you did well. Then once you've done that, you can then write three things down that you can improve for the future. Uh, so start with the positive things and then put uh, some things down that you can improve for the future. And if you're like most of us, uh, you tend to be very negative about your yourself, and uh, but always focus on the positive first. And that's how you improve uh, with your live video. That's a really good idea. When I started doing video, the reaction that I was going to get from other people was really off-putting. And it took me months procrastinating with camera equipment and microphones um, and producing videos and doing nothing before I did anything. And it was reading a Russell Brunson book. Now, he's quite a polarizing character. I don't know if you've read any of his books. No, I, I haven't read any of his, his books, but I've, I've seen <laughs> him on, on, on Facebook and various places. Yeah, His, his books are surprisingly good. Uh, hmm. and I've heard mixed reports about his software. But like Earl of Loathen, he's written some pretty good books. And one of the things I took from his book, I can't remember which one, but it was basically something along the lines of, a third of people are going to hate you. A third of people are going to be ambivalent and a third of people are going to love what you do. I've found that to be absolutely true. Now, the third that hate you, you'll never know about them because they won't tell you, especially not on things like LinkedIn, which would be my natural territory. Um, the ambivalent ones, well, they were never going to be your customer anyway. But what you're doing is you're building that third. That's your audience. And the more people you reach and the more you're active, the more that third grows. And that's all you need to worry about. Yeah, um, and that's it's worked so well for me. That's that's such. A, I love that. I love that quote. It's so so true. Uh, occasionally, you will get some comments from people who hate you, who will who will try and cut you down. And I've I've had that. It's funny you mentioned LinkedIn because it was actually on LinkedIn that this person was really nasty to me on. <laughs> but um, but actually, I I think. Although it's it's hard, I, I think that shows that uh, you're actually doing something right. That people, you know, you are starting to become yourself. And as soon as you become yourself, that's when some people are just not going to like you. I mean, maybe they won't hate you, but uh, it's it's a, probably a good sign that you're on to, on the right track. Yeah. So within your own practice and the live video uh, work that you do, do you have a typical customer profile? What, what- what does a typical customer for you look like? So I've been thinking about this for a while, uh, working out who who is my perfect customer. And it's, I, I had to spend a huge amount of time speaking to other people about this because when you're working it out yourself, sometimes you can be so close to your business that you can't see the wood for the trees. And so I join, I, I'm in a couple of mastermind groups where we meet up with, with other business owners and we share thoughts and ideas. And they've been really helpful f- for me in order to try and work out who my perfect customer is. But the great thing about that was that my perfect customer happened to be in, <laughs> in <the room. laughs> my mastermind. I've actually met my perfect customer. So I can tell you that they are, uh, on the whole, they, they, I do work with men and women, but uh, I tend to work more with women than men for some reason. Uh, They tend to be in their 50s and 60s, although, again, I've worked with people in their 30s and 40s as well. And they are business owners that really want to 
increase their impact with their audience using live video, but they struggle with one of three things. It's confidence with in front of the camera, or it's struggling with confidence with the tech, just getting the tech to work, um, or it's confidence in knowing what to say, confidence with the content. So that's been really helpful for me uh, because it's allowed me to create lots and lots of content based on one of those three problems and also written directly to that customer of mine who struggles with one of those three things. And uh, so it's enabled me to create uh, lead magnets and to create courses and to create a membership site based on all those things. And um, yeah, so it's really helpful if you have actually met your perfect customer. (laughs) Definitely helps. Yeah. I think also in the early days, on the one hand, but also if you are somebody that's rolled into your business and you've been rolling for a long time, there is a big difference between your ideal customer and the customers you have a lot of the time. Yes. And sometimes it can take a big effort to really, as you've done, identify this is my ideal customer and this is the effort that I'm going to make to reach them. And I think that's Mm. where video can make a massive impact. Well, absolutely, because sometimes, you know, our our experience with, customers is, is, is not great. I, I remember when I was starting out and we were just excited to get any kind of customer, you know, just somebody that we could build a website for. Uh, but we had some really horrible people. I mean, I, I shouldn't admit this, but <laughs> there's one client in particular who was, he was really horrible and didn't want to pay us very much money. And, you know, oh my goodness, I've learned a lot over the years. But I think you need to start to be really clear about what kind of life you want to lead, you know, uh, what kind of uh, prices you want to be able to charge. So that obviously, you know, that's going to depend on the kind of customer that can afford you for those prices as well. And you've got to think, well, what what are the, what kind of uh, person, you know, what kind of ethics do they have? What, what do they like? What do they enjoy working, you know, doing in their, in their, free time, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to work with these people. They want to, you want to enjoy working with them. Uh, and sometimes I think we can just be uh, happy with quite a lo- with the lowest common denominator. Uh, but I, I think we need to hope and have hopes and dreams and to think about the, uh, what, who our perfect customer would be and, and then to try and find where do those customers hang out and do they actually exist? Can they aff- afford the fees that I need to charge in order for to me to, to have a profitable business. Uh, and then what, then can I create content that's going to really speak to them directly? And that's taken me a, a long, long, long time to get to that place. But I think I'm definitely on the right track now. Uh, I wish that I'd l- knew so many things that I know now, uh, if I'd only known them 10, 15 years ago, my business would have been in a much more mature state now than it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know exactly what you mean. I think looking at agencies and agency owners, they have a lot in common. And I can imagine you sort of observing the industry from the outside, having a particular perspective. Are, are there any sort of little tweaks that you think probably every small creative agency digital marketing consultant should be making that would have a big impact. So I'm always looking for the lever that you can pull that will have a disproportionate effect. Give people almost an instant advantage in their local area in particular. So there's a few things. Well, I I think just using live video, but but being not afraid 
to put your personality and your real self in front of you. Actually talk about your struggles as well as the things that are going well. Being authentic because I think at the end of the day, we you clients want to work with another human being. Obviously, they want you to be good at what you do. So you need to be communicating that you can, um, you know, whatever creative industry that you're in, that you're doing a really good job at that. But also to talk about other aspects of what you're doing in your life uh, as well. So you're 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 giving you're you're, you're giving them a little bit more of access to you as an individual and as, as a human. Yeah. But you've got to marry that, obviously, with giving them as much. Uh, you want to serve them, your audience, and to give them uh, as many um, tips and uh, ideas and, and thoughts on, in terms of what you're doing. So actually giving them ideas and showing them what it is that you do. So I think live video is great because you you can do how-to videos, you can give demonstrations, you can give webinars, but you can also do um, kind of more intimate live videos that are showing uh, more of an impact. So sorry, more of an introduction into what you're working on and, and your uh, your business life as well. Yeah, I think that there was one thing I wanted to pull out there, which was yes, allowing people a, a window into your personal life. It's something that in the professional world we really see so rarely. The amount of intimacy that that permits is really what creates relationships. And certainly in my own geographic area, I can't think of a single instance of it in the creative sector. I, can, I know of maybe three people that do it moderately effectively. And yeah, you can see the results that they're getting. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's a really tough thing to do. It's, you know, it, you're, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but you should never lose track of the fact that your ultimate aim is to serve your customer. So last year, I went through some difficult times. I was a little bit anxious. I was I went through some times of depression. Would it have been a good idea for me to kind of lay all that out on the table and where is me and, and I'm, you know, well, Probably not, unless I can share from my experience. So I'm saying, well, I've I've gone through this difficult time, but through that I've learned this one thing, and then you're sharing that with your audience. So I think it's important. There's a distinction to be made between just being so authentic that all you're doing is just uh, talking about all the negative stuff that's happening in your life, or all the positive stuff in your life. Uh, but there's a distinction between that and actually drawing on that experience that you've had, but in order to serve your customer and your audience. And that's something that's really, really important, I think. Yeah, you don't just want to dump on people. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One question I have, and it's really coming from a selfish perspective, but I think it's an outsider's perspective. I'm an outsider in terms of live video. Um, It's probably a very common question, particularly when it comes to the likes of Facebook video, is when I see people launching sort of Facebook live sessions and things like that, think, well, who are they speaking to? Um, how do you build an audience around a, a, a live social media event? Uh, particularly if you're if yours is a local business, if you don't have a big social media following. Have you any ideas around that? Well, live video is it's just like any other piece of content. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're blogging, if you're, cre- if you're creating your first few blogs, if you're 
creating the first YouTube videos, uh, if you're launching a podcast, you are going to effectively start with an audience of zero, except that possibly you've got an audience somewhere uh, in your business. You may have a mailing list. Uh, You may have a following on Twitter or on Facebook. If so, use those you know, communicate with your audience on those channels. So with the likes of Facebook and and YouTube, you can schedule live videos in advance, uh, up to on Facebook at least a a week in advance. And so you can post out a link to that uh, on social media. You can post that out uh, to your list and get people involved, ask questions beforehand that you can or ask get people to ask you questions that you're going to answer on the show or uh, and remind people about that i i think that's really really important but also to say when you first start it's like most things i remember when i launched my blog i had very very few people reading my blog to begin with it took time and so i think you need to be prepared to to maybe start off with not that many live viewers uh, but over time, if you're consistent and if you're uh, posting to all your social networks and you're letting people know about it, you're promoting it, then that will grow over time. And don't forget about your replay viewers as well. I think look, we get overly excited by the live aspects of live video. Yeah. But remember, there were all the people that I'll be watching later, uh, maybe a week or two or even months later. I'm still getting people watching uh, the replay of videos I posted over a year ago on Facebook. And so uh, we mustn't forget about that as well. Uh, so over time, it will grow. I guess it's like any other event. It, it, it takes preparation and promotion using as many channels as you can. Now, I hadn't considered it like that, possibly naively. And and the other thing to say about live video is that it's a great way to create content. I, I I'm a big believer in blogging. Blogging has changed my life in in many, many ways. Uh, it's such a powerful platform. And I, I would say the same about podcasting is, is an incredibly powerful platform. I have heard many, many stories of how podcasting has changed people's lives, but they take a huge amount of investment. I mean, it takes me days and days and days to create a blog post. Yeah. Blo- so blo- blog, I sorry, it's good to call it a blogcast, <laughs> a, a blog or a podcast. But anyway, I've, I've invented something new called a blogcast. I've already got the domain um, name up in front of me right now. <laughs> So, um, I, I think if, if, but so it takes me a huge amount of time to create that, to do all of that. But with live video, once you've got all the tech sorted and and I'm not saying that's necessarily easy, but once you've got the tech sorted, uh, and you've, all you need to do is think of three or four or five points, or maybe, maybe a little bit more, click the go live button and you've created a piece of content very, very quickly and easily. From from then, what you can then do is repurpose that live video. So you can, once it's ended, you could, for example, you could uh, send the video off to a service like rev.com and get them to give you the captions that you can then upload or, or give them uh, the Get, you know, get get, to, get it all transcribed. So you've got show notes. You can turn that into a blog post. You could upload it to YouTube. You could take little snippets and put it on Instagram. You could turn it into a graphic and put it on Pinterest. Do you see where I'm going yeah. with this? There's so many things from that one little thing that might've taken you 10, 15 minutes to produce. You've got all these other pieces of content. And so that's what I love about it because I'm such a, I, I, I definitely 
want to put a lot of quality into my blog posts, but I'm also a huge procrastinator as well. Uh, I'm sure no one else in the world is a procrastinator, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to live video, it's just a case of clicking the go live button, obviously with some preparation and you've got a piece of content uh, that you can repurpose for other pieces, other formats. Yeah, I do find blog posts take a disproportionate amount of effort, I find, for the return that I'm seeing. Whereas, again, the podcast, I find that quite easy, quite natural. And actually, I'm taking what you're saying and thinking, well, why not do the podcast live? And then it's creating a rod from the back. It's a lot more complexity. I have to coordinate with somebody else. But yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I can see how that could be applied to any business quite happen whether you're demonstrating products talking about getting oil out of the ground or whatever it, it makes no difference you're right it's far more leverageable absolutely but i mean it's also thinking about the future and i i think it does take a dispro- disproportionate amount of time to create a blog post or a pod- podcast but you know i think we need to remember that that can impact the future for a long time yeah. i i wrote a blog post I forget how long ago now, I'm going to say five years. It's still getting tens of thousands of views every month, uh, five years later. And I, yes, I do update it from time to time. Uh, but, you know, if you're creating a piece of evergreen content that people really like to read and you're updating it, you're making sure that it's still current, it, all that work that I did five years ago and a little bit in between, it, it was so worth it because it's still um, delivering a lot of value today. I've heard a similar story from a guy uh, on one of the, another podcast interviews that I did and his business, I keep referring to him because I absolutely love what he's done. He has a business where he just does websites for floor cleaning companies. And he's based sort of the foot of the Rocky Mountains. I can't remember the name of the city. I'm sorry if you're listening, but he has an incredible business just doing this one thing. And he was telling me about the success he had with doing YouTube videos and that there are three or four YouTube videos out of a a large number that are in isolation responsible for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business. Um, and I guess your blog posts are probably similar that it's, you can't predict necessarily which blog post is going to, is going to become that stellar piece of content. Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah. But I guess if you've got the live video and you do transcribe it, as you suggest, it's a very quick and easy way to produce those blog posts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's very good to repurpose for other platforms too. So if you want to get onto YouTube, if you want to create a podcast, yes, there are extra complications and you obviously need to think think about how you produce these things. But it's certainly, a, if you're wanting to create lots of pieces of content on lots of different platforms, it's a good strategy to have. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you about your speaking career as well, because you do a bit of that. Um, and I noticed you were at Social Media Marketing World, was it this year? Yes. In fact, that was my fourth time at the event. Well, I was going to say, because I also noticed you're there next year. Um, Mm, mm. How on earth did that happen? Oh, well, it's, yeah, it's a kind of really weird and interesting story. I mean, I think we have to kind of quickly go back in a time machine to when I was a student. Uh, I mean, at school, I was, I was passionate about music and I was passionate about technology, but when I had to make a decision about what I was going to do with my life, I went to university to do music. And then I went to uh, the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester to be uh, trained to become a professional singer. Singing was my passion. Uh, But then I I was doing a lot of singing and I was, I was uh, teaching singing, but 
my passion of technology was was really there. And I was wanted to try and find a way to amalgamate the two. Live video, incidentally, is that combination of the two for me. It's performance and it's uh, it's the technology. But it was back in 2015 and I went to social media marketing world. Uh, and this is in San Diego. It's a long way for me to go, but I plucked up the courage to go. And all the people that I met there were just amazing. I met so many amazing people. That same year, I got the opportunity to speak at a big conference here in Manchester and a few other conferences. And I remember going on stage for the first time, suffering really heavily with imposter syndrome, thinking, what on earth am I doing? Going to talk to these people about social media. And there there were some other people speaking at that event, big names in the industry, such as Mary Smith and Melanie Dodaro, which was obviously adding to my imposter syndrome. But I remember getting on stage, feeling very, very nervous, and then suddenly getting before my audience and uttering my first words and everything clicked into place. All that training that I had as a singer kicked into place and the adrenaline focused into my passion in front of my audience. And that was an amazing amazing experience for me because it, it showed that I was able to transfer the skills that I had into my skill as a communicator in front of the audience. And the following year, uh, I was asked to be on M- Michael Stelzner's podcast, which is for Social Media Examiner, and he's the he heads up the social media marketing world. And I found out afterwards that they kind of ask you on that sometimes if they're testing the waters to see if you would be a good person to speak at Social Media Marketing World. And so a few weeks later, I mean, it went okay. Uh, I was I got an email to say from Mike asking me, would, would you be, would you like to speak at social media marketing world? I didn't see that email because it went into my oh, spam no. folder. <laughs> so I got a message saying, did you, from Michael Salzner said, did you see the, did you see my email? I said, uh, uh no. <laughs> and, um, anyway, he, he asked me again and, uh, I, uh, I think my, my wife heard me jumping up and down at, upstairs with excitement because uh, I couldn't quite believe it. it. It was just a dream come true for me because this social media marketing world is the biggest social media uh, conference in the world. And I was going to get to to speak at that. And so, yeah, I, I've now, uh, so is it three times? Yes, I've spoken it three times and I'm speaking at social media marketing world next year. And it's uh, going to be speaking on live video and how to create uh the, a killer live show in terms of the technique and the tools that you need. And has that had a big impact on your professional career outside of speaking? Yes, absolutely. Because all, I mean, certainly when it comes to social media marketing world specifically, I have spoken at many other conferences, but the, the people, the, the audience and uh, at the, the conference are, some of those are my uh, ideal audience, my ideal customers. And so uh, the, they, they bought my courses and they become friends and clients. Uh, and of course, you know, the, there's the, op- the fact that you've spoken at a big conference like that does a lot for your credibility. And, and of course it, it helps getting opportunities to speak at other conferences as well. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting because when, when I first went to social media marketing world, you know, I mentioned the, the, the distance, but of course there's the cost of the ticket. There's the cost of the, the hotels. San Diego is not cheap. And obviously the flight there. 
I was really dubious about the return on investment on this. I was, I was really not sure. It was a lot of money to spend, but it was so worth it. I mean, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't give you concrete figures, but uh, it's, it definitely helped my, my business in a big way because the following year I launched, I, I wrote an article on Facebook live, which went ballistic and sold my uh, first course as a result of, uh, uh, my connections at uh, some of these conferences. And uh, so that's really opened my, my, changed my business for forever, really. I've heard that from other people, obviously not directly, but I've heard it on other podcasts that social media marketing world can often be that pivotal event because it's where everybody is. Hmm. Um, I know it's, it's good to hear that confirmation from you. It's, it's, it's absolutely the people. I mean, I go to social media marketing world primarily for the connections, for the people, for my friends. Yeah. Uh, the, don't get me wrong. The, the content there is amazing. You know, if, if you go there to learn, you will learn so, so much. Uh, but for me, although I, I do go to learn, the, my main reason is to, to meet people, to talk with people. And I'm an introvert. So I, I, I find that I have to become an extrovert for a whole week, uh, <laughs> Despite actually, most of the people at the conference are introverts as well. So, but so we kind of understand each other. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's I can't imagine a conference of inter- introverts. It sounds like heaven. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting one, but it, yeah, it's great. It's great. So I I, I think for, you know for for those of your listeners who may have wanted to go to a conference like Social Media Marketing World, but have been a little bit nervous about it, I, I you know seriously consider it because it could change your life. Uh, yes, it does require investment in terms of your time and your money. It may be putting yourself in a really scary place. It's getting yourself out of that comfy chair uh, into something that is very, very different. But I'm so glad that I did that. I did something that was unexpected for me, something that I would never thought of doing. And it opened so many doors and I'd never have expected to be asked to be a speaker at the event and, and to be coming back each year. Uh, so yeah, sometimes these things can be dangerous for your business in a good way. <laughs> to put maybe the social media marketing world conversation in context for listeners, one of the things that I'm often asking guests is how they network because every business owner networks differently and it really reflects their business priorities it reflects where they feel their target audience is, the work that they've done to ideal, identify their ideal customer. Um, and I think the more you work on that, the more unusual and particular your networking may become. And I think what you've described there is a clear networking strategy that you know your ideal customer and your ideal customer is over there. So that's where you have to go. Um, whereas for another person, mm. another business, it might be a local networking event. And for my guests in in the Rocky Mountains, his audience was across the world and they were all floor cleaners. So he goes to floor cleaning conferences, but he invests a lot in that. He invests as much in that as you do in social media marketing world. I guess everybody needs to understand how they're going to generate the business they're looking for. And you've given a really good insight into that. So thanks. <laughs> oh, my, my pleasure. I hope it was helpful. So before we wrap up, you mentioned you have an academy as such. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I know you're just getting ready to launch it. Yeah, so it's in the, it's I'm in the middle of of that kind of preparation, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, when I've spoken to clients and business owners, there's been 
one of three things they've really struggled with in, in launching live video. It's a lack of confidence in getting in front of the camera, thus the camera scares them. So there's that fear, or it's the fear of the gear and the technology. It's it's getting that together because there's obviously a lot to do with that, the tools and the right technology to, to go live. Or it's the final problem can be just not knowing what to say. It's, it's confidence with the content. So I decided I've, I've launched lots of courses before to do with live video tools, but uh, I'm launching a community uh, with courses and ongoing help to help people, help entrepreneurs and business owners with one of those, one or two or three of those issues. And it's called the Confident Live Marketing Academy. Uh, and so you can find out more and, and sign up onto the waiting list if you just go to iag.me forward slash products forward slash academy. I'll just go to confidentlivemarketingacademy.com. Perfect. I'll put a link to that in the show notes when I get there as well. And if people want to connect with you in other ways, where can they do that? So probably the best way, just if you go to my my website, which is iag.me, uh, you can you can find out more about me and my articles. And I'd, I've carelessly scattered myself across uh, <laughs> social media, so you can f- find all links to you know whatever social network you're a fan of. You can probably find me uh, loitering and uh, publishing stuff there. <laughs> Ian Anderson Green, thank you very much for your time. I'm so glad you came. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime. That would be great. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I really hope you enjoyed listening to Ian as much as I did speaking to him. Go and check him out online. As you'd expect, he's got lots of videos and great content if you want to find out more. Thanks so much for joining me on this first episode, episode one. I'm honoured you made the time for me in your busy playlist. And if you enjoyed it, please just take one minute more to rate the podcast on iTunes, even if you're not listening on iTunes. And remember, five-star listeners do five-star reviews. I'm just kidding. I'd also welcome you to join our Gravity Agency Power Up Facebook group. I have some exciting things in the pipeline, and if you join the group, you'll be the first to hear about them, as well as future podcast episodes as soon as they're ready. Just check out the show notes or search on Facebook groups for Gravity Agency Power Up. You'll find us there quite easily, I'm sure. So, my name's Bob Gentle, and thanks again to Ian for making the time for me, to you for listening, and see you next time.